Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. And we want to continue to bring you information for guys before, during, and after divorce, as we have throughout the period of the pandemic and COVID-19. And today is no different. I'm joined by Ashley in our Maryland office. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for joining. And before we get started on a topic that uh, we haven't touched over the uh, 19 weeks, uh, I want to remind everyone that this cannot be treated or considered an attorney-client relationship. We just have too much to go through with you and your cases. You know, I talk about this every podcast. You know, this is really just helpful tips, some educational tools, some information for you to write some speaking and talking points down and take to an attorney. Obviously, as I've always indicated, we're available for a consultation, virtual or telephonic, where appropriate across the country, it, it really differs where you are. We could potentially do those in person, but health and safety is a priority for us. So give us a call at 866-DADS-LAW or find us on the web at cordellcordell.com. All right, Ashley, let's get started. I know we have just a few 10 to 14 minutes now. Um, let's talk about emergency hearings. I, you know, Very early on in like week two and three uh, during a virtual town hall, we really encouraged guys that were facing some a crisis, uh, whether it be custody or something else, to go seek an emergency hearing. Now, we really didn't take any time to describe what it was, when you need it, the steps and what happens. So that's what we're going to do today. It's 20 weeks too late for a lot of guys. But hey, we still have that opportunity because courts are closed around the country. Here in St. Louis, we're still in phase zero in our court system. Not open. Uh, everything Zoom. Uh, so you can request this. So let's start out with guys tell them what an emergency hearing is, and then we'll kind of get through the list of uh, describing what it is. Thanks, Scott, for having me. Yes, emergency hearings are very unique, and they are what they sound like. It's an opportunity to go before the court for an emergency matter so that it's not being scheduled in a regular course of litigation. A typical divorce or custody case can last anywhere between six to eight now with COVID, possibly a year or more just due to the backlog. With emergency matters, what you're essentially doing is telling the court, this is something that needs to be handled right now. And you're essentially presenting yourself in a way to let the court know if it was to wait, there can be some sort of problem or even some sort of um, damage to a child or any other issue. Every state is different, but most states for emergency matters and domestic cases, we're talking about custody and visitation. Some of them are different, some of them are financial, but typically we're dealing with children for emergency matters. And so it is confusing because obviously everything's important to a guy going through a divorce. And especially if you're on a holiday, I mean, I always remember, I've been doing this 27 years. I got a phone call on Christmas uh, because I gave our clients her cell number and it was an emergency. I'm like, okay, what's the emergency? Um, she took the knives and the forks, right? So that's not the kind of emergency a judge wants to hear. Certainly right. it can be an emergency that you and I can deal with, uh, but right. we've got to be careful as you suggest. It's got to be something that passes the, you know, the, the sniff test, right? Is it really something that the court needs to step away from everything on its calendar and address immediately, right? Right. So, I mean, well, I'm thinking you know, the, the you know, custody is the big one, right? It is. And honestly, what needs to happen before you even go into emergency, emergency is having an attorney that understands the jurisdiction because each jurisdiction is different. Your emergencies, as you said, knives and forks might be an emergency to someone, but to a court, what's more important is whether or not there's possibly some sort of danger to a child. In Maryland, we like to have the term, it's called blood on the walls. 
which mm. sounds horrible, but it literally is what it is. The, the court wants to know that someone is either hurt or going to be hurt if there's not a hearing. And those are probably the hardest counties and jurisdictions to have an emergency because it has to be one emergent and it has to have some sort of danger or physical component to it. Yeah. Uh, every court's not like that. There are some courts mm -hmm. that if you can show that there's something that's pending and you need to be able to fix it now, they will hear from it. But you have to be mindful of those emergencies. It needs to be more yeah. so physical. I think blood on the walls is so perfect because it, it does emphasize what really should be uh, an emergency, right? I mean, if that's the theory is that you, we can use this emergency and everyone takes it differently. You know, emergency in an airplane, there's so many different emergencies and it's right. subject to interpretation. It's a subjective, the blood on the wall, I think comment is, is really spot on. And if they kind of proceed that way, but in reality, I think for guys, the important thing to consider is they may consider an emergency, but, but consult with an attorney. Right. Yes. And, you know, a lot of guys want to be pro se and they want to do their own thing. And, but I do think, you know, appearance and before judging or talk about that later about presentation and how you act in a hearing. And I think that's important too, but uh, consult with an attorney. Let's see if it truly is an emergency. Let's try to reach some common, you know, get to an agreement on, yes, this is something I feel comfortable presenting to the judge on a minute on an emergency basis, but maybe talk a little bit about what proactive and reactive jurisdiction is. And, and those are big words but it's important. It is, and I'm finding that it's becoming more and more of a situation in the COVID world because mm -hmm. um, the courts really have to be selective about what they're choosing in terms of their cases just because they don't have the judges, they don't have the space, um, they just don't have the ability to hear everything. Um, it's really unfortunate that you know your case more than anyone else. You know your wife, you know your children, you know that an emergency is gonna possibly happen. The court does not. So if you want to go to the court and say, I think this is going to happen based on what I know about my wife, mm -hmm. they're not going to grant you that emergency because nothing has happened. That's being proactive. That's saying, for example, I had a case years ago. Um, dad was saying, mom's going to leave with the children. I know she is. That's what she does. Nothing had happened. The children were safe. We tried to file. The court said the children are here. Yeah. can't do anything. So unfortunately, they, they, most courts are just not proactive. Most of them are reactive, which means yeah. something has to happen for them to then go, okay, there is an emergency. So what happened in that situation? The moment mom yeah. took the kids, they said, hey, remember when we filed that motion and you denied it two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. We're refiling it because now it has happened. And luckily, because the court was already aware of it, they jumped on it immediately. So in those situations, it's good to know what's proactive and what's reactive in terms yeah. of jurisdictions. Just understand if you file under a proactive, you might have to refile again because they're not going to grant it. There is no active emergency in that jurisdiction. Got it. So when you get the emergency hearing, uh, it's always, we've talked a lot about proof, evidence, you know, what is the burden? So what is a burden in an emergency hearing as you're describing? What level do you guys have to get to to get the relief they want? There needs to be a showing that if it's, we're talking about children, that they are in some sort of immediate danger, whether it be physical or some sort of harm, that it is immediate if this is not to happen. And so um, what we didn't talk about with the emergency is because of the time frame, timing is of the essence. So mm -hmm. if you're filing um, an emergency motion, you need to make sure that you're available probably within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And that you should make sure that not only are you prepared to file, but you have all of your evidence prepared to present witnesses, 
uh, documents, pictures, all of that should be prepared even before the hearing because yeah. you won't have much time. The court's not gonna wait for you. If it's an emergency, you should be ready. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. We talk all the time about how to prepare for a hearing, whether it's an emergency hearing, a temporary hearing. Um, you know, and some, I think, lawyers overlook it, like in terms of what they should wear, preparation. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that and what the policy is and kind of what our, how we proceed at Cordell and Cordell in terms of preparing the client, advising the client, what they should wear, how they should speak how they should address the court, where do they look. There's all kinds of things because I've always said in seminars, representing guys is about appearance and presentation. Uh, not necessarily about right away the truth because the judge is going to take a first look at you and make a conclusion, right? It's, it's, I can't explain that enough to my clients. The moment that the case starts and that gavel hits, you're on show, you're on display. Mm -hmm and every uh, movement, everything that you're wearing, the court's gonna take into consideration, unfortunately, sometimes, in terms of their case. So we take that seriously. So in terms of court, you're, we are always informing our clients that you need to dress appropriately. Typically, that's business professional suit. If you don't have that, a shirt and a tie. If you don't have that, pressed clean clothes, because you're going somewhere where they want to be respected and show deference. So you do that by mm -hmm. how you're dressing. In terms of court, we're talking about an emergency situation, so it's an emotional matter, but you still have to present yourself in a way that you, they can understand you, that you're being respectful. Your wife or whomever the opposing party might be present, you don't want to show them any type of um, disrespect. You want to make sure that you're saying Mr. and Mrs. in your honor. Um, things that you, it sounds kind of silly, but they're very, very important. Uh, a tip I tell my clients all the time, when you're sitting next to me and someone's testifying, and they say something that's wrong, don't start shaking your head. Don't mm -hmm. start telling something and poking at me because they're looking at you off the stand just as much as they are on the stand. I've seen cases be tried and determined by the behavior of parties that aren't even on the stand. So totally. it's very important to be aware that you're being watched at all times. Oh my gosh. I had a client, and when you say that, it, it made me, it reminded me, um, it was, we were trying to terminate maintenance and he was a surgeon and you know, we weren't pleading that we couldn't afford it. We were just pleading that she didn't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, I said, look, just sit there, take notes, you know, really don't react. You're going to want to just sit there. Well, instead he decided to read private aviation magazines and the judge saw it and the judge picked up on it. And yeah. that was bad because it turned from she doesn't need it to this guy is looking into buying private jets. Well, he can afford it. And they use the phrase, this payment is a pimple on an elephant to him, Mr. Private Aviation. And it didn't matter. The case was done, right? And so everything matters. I mean, it's, I had a client show up in sweatpants when I told him not to, and a t-shirt, and it was disrespectful to the judge, and, or a hat, you know, chewing gum. It's the little thing. So you need to talk to your lawyer about, as you suggest, 
what you wear, how you act, what you do. Don't overreact to what you know is going to be falsities in court. We just know it. It's going to happen. It's, you know, you can't spell families without lies, you know, <laughs> and it's going to happen. So the other emergency things we talk about, and, and I've, you know, our cautioned clients is drug testing. Talk a little bit about drug testing and, and kind of the considerations there. One of the big things that I find is becoming an emergency is the issue of drug testing. I always tell my clients to be mindful of clean hands. So if we're claiming that um, mom is an opiate user, I really hope that you're not an opiate user as well or that you're some sort of drug testing because most courts, it's both ways. If you're going to get, if you want them to get tested, you're going to get tested as well. Yeah. So not to say it's not important, but if it's a matter of that much concern, then you need to make sure that you have handled whatever you need to handle yeah, I've had clients, you know, they, like you say, that oh, I want her drug tested. She's using okay. Um, you're going to get tested. How's that going to work out for you? Well, what does that matter? So I'm telling you, you're you better be clean, because uh, otherwise, just forget it. You both are going to lose the kids, and uh, they just they haven't got it. So I mean, I think you have to be very careful about requesting the drug test. And I always said, okay, let's wait. If she can't get clean and you can, fine. Let's just make a plan. Wait till you're clean, then do it. And obviously the evidence is going to come out that you were a user, but you know, you're on the road to rehab. So just, it is, judges just um, despise it, I think, at least my experience, when you have a client who comes in and requests a drug test, but can't test you know, clean or negative themselves. It's terrible. I mean, forget it. You know, I don't care what happens. Now you're both sunk uh, in that regard. So there are other hearings out there, other than emergency hearings, what we call um, uh Temporary hearings, PDLs, bendite lite, it's a kind of Latin phrase. Maybe talk a little bit about all the other types of hearings that clients may see or hear other than an emergency like that. Sure. Just because either your emergency gets denied or your matter is not considered an emergency doesn't mean you can't have a hearing that won't be as far out as that year we're talking about or eight months. Um, there's, um, there's an expedited hearing, which is just a quicker hearing than a regular hearing um, in the end. The benente lite, um, it means pending litigation in Latin. We just like to use those extra words. But it essentially is a temporary hearing where it won't necessarily be just custody. It can be a whole gamut of your entire case that will be a ruling that you will have until the final case, which is really helpful for some people who are looking for support or use of the house or visitation schedule. It does help. It's still going to be a little bit longer than the emergency hearing that you'll hear it, but you'll still hear it before the final hearing. Yeah. Um, but those are two very helpful hearings that you can still have where you can actually be heard yeah. sooner than not, just maybe not as, as soon as an emergency hearing. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We talk about emergency relief and, and the PDLs. Um, there's so much out there uh, to get some sort of, uh, to get into court or to have a Zoom hearing or to have the judge hear something in the interim, whether it be support or custody or something, access to the house. There's, there is potentially a remedy that needs to be discussed where you're watching right now is go get a lawyer, go have the conversation saying, okay, here are the important issues. How do I get some help now? And here's ultimately where I went end up. How do I get there? And it's about creating this litigation roadmap. It's something that we do, uh, and we talk about how do we get from point A to point Z and kind of the stops along the way. And I think that's important. And kind of the ultimate, and, and to kind of wrap up our, our discussion today, the ultimate emergency hearing that is kind of everyone's aware of is kind of this restraining order, adult abuse order, uh, protection from abuse, TPOs. There's all kinds of words around the country, you being just in Maryland, but isn't that really kind of like, 
the one that everybody knows about as the emergency hearing, right? That is, that is the big one that everyone knows about. And every state's different. Some of them are actually be connected to a domestic case. Some of them are separate and apart. And they're still very much similar to an emergency that we go through in your um, domestic case because it's usually a blow in the wall situation. Right. Something has actually happened and now you're seeking some sort of support and protection from it. So that's yeah. always something that can be considered when you're looking at exactly how crazy or how um, scary or, or, or concerning the emergency is. You're not restricted to just an emergency here. You can do one of those as well. Yeah. And I mean, really, uh, and to wrap up, uh, there's, whether it's financial help, whether you're not going to help paying bills and someone's not doing it, you can't get to the house, the kids aren't being given to you, COVID, there is help. And I think yeah. that's kind of why this, I think uh, you did a great job explaining the facets, what to do, how to prepare. I mean, obviously, we just scratched the surface on some of this, but just gave guys topics. Again, not advice, topics to go get a lawyer, have this conversation. Maybe you filed and you need to have this hearing, or maybe you're considering filing. Maybe you want to consider an emergency hearing at the same time as you file. So, Ashley, thanks for joining and giving guys a really a kind of a, a, a 10,000 foot, you know, really idea of what emergency hearings are all about. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Scott. Yeah. So continue to tune into our podcast that we do twice each week coming up uh, next week. We'll have our virtual town hall again in August. We're going to talk about the five additional mistakes guys make uh, facing divorce. A couple weeks ago, we talked about five stupidest mistakes guys make. We've always talked about 10. So we're going to cover the other five coming up in our virtual town hall next week. And so remember, this is an opportunity for you to log on ask questions live of our Cordell and Cordell panel of attorneys and get answers live. So check us out at CordellCordell.com. Check us out on social media on Facebook or go to our YouTube page and you can find out more information about how to log in both to these podcasts twice each week and our virtual town hall coming up next week. Until next time, have a great week. Bye.